1: Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, I hope you had a good weekend. How are you on this Monday?
0: I did have a good weekend. appreciate you asking. Um want to say, I don't know if condolences is the right word, but I know some serious flooding though uh, down in your part of the country, down there in that. Kentucky-Tennessee border. So thoughts to everybody down there in Middlesboro and the surrounding areas that had a lot of flooding. I'm sure that threw off your weekend, but besides that, Sean, how are you doing?
1: Definitely threw off the weekend. Doing good because I'm dry. (laughs) Uh, I can actually get out of my house. Uh, No water damage here. I know that an area where the Butcher's Pub is in Pineville had a lot of flooding as well, but nothing, I don't think, downtown. So that's good news for that location. As always, this episode is powered by Blue Wire Pods, and it's also powered by the Butcher's Pub with two locations, one in Pineville and one in Williamsburg. And then a the third one will be opening here in about two to three weeks, April 15th in London, Kentucky. You can visit the Butcher's Pub.com or check them out on Facebook. Derek, a quiet weekend, very quiet. If you're a U.K. basketball fan, very quiet. If you're a U.K. football fan, not a ton of news, um, nothing really, right? <laughs> like, any, like we've been waiting around to see roster updates and all this stuff. The only thing that we have is Jacob Toppin said yeah on Instagram when asked if he's going to be coming back next year.
0: Yeah, that's that's like the extent of the news now is that, uh you know, he, he gets an Instagram question. He says, yeah, he's coming back to the U.K. Uh, why, I guess what I would say didn't make it – I mean, everybody wrote a story on it, which I totally understand. But there, he was more than any other player, right? We agreed this season that Jacob Toppin would be back as he just transferred in. Hadn't even really planned to play this past year had he not been cleared by the NCAA. So he had that free year uh What did Cal say? found money in the couch cushions or something. He phrased it some way against Vanderbilt. But this whole year, it was just, you know, good for him, basically, that he was able to play and able to develop. But, yeah, under no circumstance that anybody, at least who I talked to, uh, everybody expected Jacob Toppin to be back this year. But anyway, Sean, now that we do know that, uh, your initial impressions on a guy that we were both, at times last year, very high on.
1: It's a big deal. I think it's I think it's a huge deal not only for the next coming season, but I think even beyond that, like you, you have no idea what his potential is. Uh to get anything from him this past season was a plus, right? That's a guy that we went into the year thinking he's not even gonna be eligible to play. And then it kinda shows why Kentucky I think was so bad though, Derek, is a guy that we didn't even consider to even be in the rotation. Ended up being a guy that you really couldn't keep off the floor probably for 90% of the year. And then looked like one of the top four dudes they had on the floor.
0: That's a good point. And I I do think there were some ramifications, or at least things that are legitimate talking points that we can discuss today. The first one being, uh, well, I'll say this first. If you go off reports, so let's make this point as well before we really get into this. UK, whether they – Would or wouldn't? I'm not really sure, but we, me and you, were discussing this on the phone before we got on here. So far, UK has not confirmed anyone back, and that's not, you know, crazy unusual. You know, the football team's not going through and saying 80 guys are coming back, so I'm not saying it necessarily means anything. For the purpose of this conversation, though, as we're structuring this by saying all these players I'm about to mention have either said they were coming back themselves or their parents have, but it's, I guess, what I'm saying is it could possibly be subject to change. Is that fair? I mean, maybe, you know, like something could happen. But um, among those eight guys that we know – well, I say eight. It's it's also including the incoming guys. So, yeah, Devin Askew, Dante Allen, Nolan Hickman, Jacob Toppin, Bryce Hopkins, Oscar Sheboy, Lance Ware, and Damian Collins as guys who are either coming in or say they're coming back. I just named off five guys, Sean, who I think could play the four or the five yeah. who could be post-players. In your opinion, is the front court set next year?
1: I think it very well could be. Honestly, I do. Just because I just don't know if you want to add anything else to that. I mean, if you feel really good about Oscar Shubway being your dominant guy in the post, you you like Damian Collins kind of replacing the things that Isaiah Jackson done. You don't know exactly what he will be. We've talked about Bryce Hopkins on the show in recent weeks that I really like his game and how he could play. You could see him playing three or four. You got Jacob Toppin, who they know can do three or four. Lance Ware, I just don't see where you add someone else there. If if you, do, I mean, obviously, Keon Brooks still has a decision to make, Derek, but where does he fit into this? Because I think the big decision that we have waiting is Davion Mintz because I think that kind of sort of sends us a direction in the portal. With Kentucky, Like, how many guys do they add to the backcourt? Because I think that's where the bulk of this roster is going to be completed will be backcourt pieces. I, I could see if Mintz doesn't come back, Derek, I could see them adding three dudes in the backcourt and nobody to the frontcourt.
0: I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think so. Because, like I'm saying, uh, you know, Hopkins could, like you said, it could be a three. Uh, I think he could be a four as well. Keon, if he were to come back, could be a three or a four. It's what he did at UK this year. So... You know, that's that's six guys who you could say could be a four or five, of course, too, with Sheboy and Collins on next year's roster. And that just seems like plenty to me. Um, but then you, you kind of look at this, just a huge void in the backcourt. I mean, that's the thing. You get eight guys, right, and you have 13 scholarships. And I don't even know what the rules, because I'm thinking about what football did. Like, technically, would Davion Mintz even count against that 13 if he's a super senior? I don't. I don't think he would. At least those football guys don't count against the year uh, this year. So if he does that, I mean, I'm with you there. But I guess the the makeup, though, is what I want to talk about. If those are your five guys, or six, if Keon comes back, however you want to answer this, how, how do you view that kind of stacking up even compared to something like this year? So if Keon comes back? Which, however you want to answer that, you could look at it either way.
1: Well, I, I mean, obviously, you want to see Keon Brooks at Kentucky, right? I mean, you he could help. He, contribu- he contributes. He, he does mm-hmm. a number of things. But, Derek, I could see the exact same problems that Kentucky's been having if the roster is loaded with a lot of guys at the 3-4 who can't really shoot the basketball. Like, that's the biggest problem that I have with it, is if you have a roster that has Keon Brooks, Jacob Toppin, Bryce Hopkins, Damian Collins. You know, Oscar's going to play the five. I think Oscar will dominate the minutes out of the front court. But I just named off four dudes who can play the four. Damian obviously can slide over and play the five. We not even mentioned Lance Ware. That's where you get Cal running out three bigs because then it becomes a thing where you feel like you just have to get guys on the floor especially if they deserve to play, and you had guys like Toppin and then this year where there was not a ton of separation between people. That's where it becomes a problem because then that means you've got less shooting on the floor, and but you have, that's the only way you can keep people happy there because if you play a Keon Brooks and Jacob Toppin together 3-4 with a with an Oscar Shubway at the 5, I just don't see how your roster can play out. It, it, it's easier to work around a loaded backcourt with a lot of pieces than it is a loaded frontcourt. Unless that front court can shoot the basketball, and then you got somebody can slide to the three and shoot. They don't have that with those guys. It's
0: a good point. That is a good point. Um, I'm generally just a bit confused. Uh, and it, it is March. It's March 29th, so and something may happen tonight. We don't know. Something could happen. I mean, it's just March. I, I get it. Like. I think what I'm running into, Sean, and I mentioned this to my fiance last night, when, uh, or yesterday, I guess, we were watching, we were just flipping through the channels, and Mississippi State was playing Memphis. And I was like, it is hard to, hard for me to believe that the team that knocked Kentucky out of the SEC tournament is still playing, because it feels like it was forever ago. It does. That Kentucky season ended. So, yeah, I mean, Kentucky, had they been good this year, I mean, there's a chance they would have been playing tonight, you know, so the season wouldn't, be, in a normal year, perhaps the season wouldn't even be over yet, so. I think maybe that's where I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because I'm just wondering like why why are more things not going down right now? And
1: um it's super quiet right now.
0: It's very quiet. It's and I was just thinking quiet. for someone like Yeah, I I would agree with that. Uh I was thinking about someone like Davion Mintz. Like it I if you would have asked me when the season ended, I would have thought we would have known by now, just to be honest. It doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. I just kinda of thought there would have been more movement there. But he plays into that kind of role. And then honestly, I wanted to get your opinion on this. This is probably more on UK's end. If I had to guess, just wanted to have a, probably like a total view of who is going to be in the portal and who isn't. But I kind of thought someone like Justin Powell, even maybe he would have been someone being a Kentucky kid, someone they might've been somewhat familiar with from high school. Maybe they wouldn't have been waiting a long time to move in on someone like that. But that's kind of the thing. I mean, I was asking you before we got on here, like, I don't even know who's going to be next to decide. I don't know what the what the next thing is going to be. And how about this? I just saw John Hell tweet this. Have you seen this about the NBA draft? I haven't. So the draft, uh, Shamsaranya tweeted that the draft will be on July 29th. And John Hell tweeted that if the NCAA sticks to the normal timeline, guys who were testing the waters have until July 7th Jeez. to return to school. I mean, you're talking about – you know, this is March 29th until July 7th. The new is only going to have, well, I'm going to say nobody, right? Don't you think Jackson will probably hire? I think he'll stay. Point? Yeah, yeah, probably so,
1: before it even gets to that deadline. If, if but, I'm,
0: but aren't there kids though sometimes who will test that waters and then decide, hey, I'm going to go back to school, us. but I'm going to, yeah, but then I'm going to transfer. Yeah. So, I'm what I, I guess what I'm trying to point out is like, man, this might be a long time. <laughs>
1: Well, that's the thing. we really know
0: what the roster is going to be.
1: But you and I were talking this morning about these people that have announced that they're coming back. And we even said this last week that just because someone is saying that they're coming back, I'm not locking it in, Derek, until it is written in something from UK in in a file that we're getting via email or something in a press release with a quote from Cal. Just yeah. because last year when Keon Brooks didn't put his name in the NBA draft, went home and worked out, I wrote a story talking to Keon's dad about what a, what sophomore Keon could be like. And right after that, I think, uh, I think you all actually reported. I think, was it Chris Fisher that reported that he was coming back, if I'm not mistaken? Could have been, yeah. And next thing you know, there's a press release the next night from UK that Keon Brooks is coming back. A, a guy who averaged four points a game, who barely played. We've had four people in the last two weeks that either a parent has said they're coming back or they've publicly said they're coming back on their Instagram story and we have not gotten a press release. Which means we haven't gotten a quote from Cal about how excited they are for the next year of so-and-so, which makes it very, I guess, eerie, I guess, because it, for a program who likes to stay in the news, they're not in the news right now. They're, it's yeah. very quiet.
0: It is very quiet. Uh, that we can agree on <laughs> because kind of the premise of almost every episode we record here is like, well, maybe something's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe something's going to happen today. And uh, it's not been happening. So, But, you know, we did have the topping thing, like you said. But that is interesting. I'm trying to think of what – I mean, maybe this year where they're just expecting so many they won't go through – individually. Maybe they'll do a a collective thing. I'm trying to remember. Can you remember other years where, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of a different era these days, you know, with, with the portal and NBA draft stuff being thrown off because of the pandemic. I just don't really know what to expect, but I do think that is worth pointing. That's kind of where I've been on it too is, I mean, what we don't even know, Sean is like, and I assume they have, but it's not really been said anywhere. Like, have all these guys met with Cal? Have they done their exit reviews? Have they, I I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't really know what all they've done or or what the next moves are. Like, when do some of these guys come back to campus? I I just – it's been very quiet um, on that end. There was one other thing I wanted to mention uh, on the basketball side, unless you have some other things you want to talk about.
1: Uh, No, I I think that literally it's just going to be a repeat of what we've said for weeks because that's the spot we're in. But, yeah, you did bring up something interesting earlier that you retweeted.
0: Yeah, so again, I don't want to get the rumor mill fired up because I, I have no idea. It's just, it's just worth pointing out. It's, I think it's all Sean and I are doing here. It's just pointing out something. Um, Tamar Bates, a top 100 guard, on, I think on 24-7, he's like top 60. Uh, he was signed with Texas. Of course, Shaka Smart left Texas on Friday or Thursday, one of those days, to go to Marquette. Well, Tamar Bates was signed with the Longhorns. He asked out of his release today, and the only reason – I bring him up is because in a story I read on 24-7 when Tamar uh, signed with Texas, Jay Lucas was his primary recruiter before he, uh, of course, before Jay came to be an assistant at Kentucky. So, you know, they're looking for guards. This is a six-foot-four guard. I don't know. I don't think I would say Trevor Kills and Hunter Salas are probably the two high school guards that are really interested in you know, but again, you probably wouldn't have heard Tamar's name though, with him being signed to Texas prior to the, prior to today anyway. So I don't know if they're still going to keep their focus on just transfer guards or if this might be someone in play because he's he's from Kansas City originally, played at IMG his senior season. I don't know. You just you make anything out of that, Sean? Something UK might kick around?
1: It's at least something to watch, right? Because of a prior relationship. I mean, yeah. you, you see that all the time, really. Uh, if there's some familiarity there. Uh, but once again, that kind of just got to look at it and see uh, what happens in the coming weeks and everything. I mean, wh- where does Kentucky go, Derek? I mean, does it go the high school route with some pieces? Does it go the transfer portal with some pieces? Uh, I, I don't know. I, it's it's the craziest for the for the first time. I don't think any of us have any idea what is going on behind the scenes, and what we think is actually going on might not even be going on. Like maybe Kentucky already knows you know, X, Y, Z, maybe they already have it lined out and it just hasn't been announced yet or hasn't gone public or they're waiting. I I don't know. Like this, this has been one of the quietest two weeks I've ever seen though. Like we're literally getting yes and yeah on Instagram. We're not getting, you know, tweets that I'm coming back. We're not getting press releases. We're not getting the, the UK. uh, How often is UK's basketball Twitter account posting things? Is it pretty much? Been quiet? I haven't even been looking. Uh, the uh, last tweet was from three days ago, and it was congratulating the volleyball team. And then six days ago, it was happy birthday to Zan Payne. So how quiet is that? Not even fair. flashbacks to the cool moments, the best moments in history. You got to go back to the 22nd for a birthday post, congratulating really, the women's mm-hmm. team. There's nothing. NBA
0: decisions was really the last time it was active last yeah. week. I mean, it's been nine days since BJ Boston declared –
1: yeah like there's there's just nothing, nothing <laughs> like there's no news um and get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening may fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We're just going to wait around, I guess, until we get something or find something or something gets reported because... Right now, Derek, there's not a lot to talk about. Uh, I think really the the big thing to kind of talk about right now would be the Kentucky baseball team. Right? I mean, off to a start that I don't think that you or I could see coming. I don't. I don't think. I didn't think they would go to Auburn and sweep Auburn this past weekend. Uh, started out five and one in league play, and they needed to start out five and one in league play. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything
0: They did. It was a really good weekend. I watched um, a lot of the first and second game. I didn't get to catch much of the nightcap uh, when they finished off the sweep. But really, uh, they really are off to a good start. I mean, this is a team, Kentucky, that is, that was projected to finish last in the SEC East. Um, They took two out of three against Missouri. Had to come back one night, and then they also blew a game. So I guess you could say it kind of evened out a little bit. But they took two out of three from the Tigers. Had to come back against Butler. They were done five to two going to the ninth. They come back when six to five on Tuesday, and then go down to the Auburn. Yeah, and up six to two again, <laughs> or up six to two on Friday night, and they blow a blow the lead. They had uh, Auburn scored four in the bottom of the ninth. But Kentucky bounced back. Chase step, Corbin Redhound coming up with the game winning RBI on Friday night, and then they come out Saturday. Uh, have to play a doubleheader because of weather. They won seven to six, and then six to four. So. Those are all very close games as you can see. Um, two two run games on one one run game. I and mean, they're having to they're having to hold on and now Auburn's 0 six It's probably the thing I would say is um I wouldn't say it's being critical, it's probably it's just like you said, it's about to get tougher. Auburn's 0 6 now in the SEC, Missouri. It's pretty evident early on that they're gonna be probably the worst team in the SEC East. So let's look at the schedule now, Sean. April first, so it's Thursday. They got two Mississippi State. Come home to play Louisville, and then host LSU, which LSU is not the LSU you know that we're used to. They just got swept by Tennessee. Maybe a little bit down this year compared to normal, but still, you know, you're going to be facing some good players. Uh, but then they do have some more winnable series against Georgia, Alabama. So it's not all tough this month. But these next two weekends, I think, will tell you a lot about where this team is.
1: Yeah, for sure. They got off, they're off to a hot start though, Derek, which is very important because of that schedule. And, uh, I mean, really, I mean, given the way that this program has kind of gone the other direction the last few years, they, they needed it. Uh, UK softball, too, got a big win yesterday versus Alabama. I know they play, I think, the final game of the series tonight. I think that's on the SEC network. So uh, those teams are kind of uh, dominating the talk. Kentucky volleyball with another SEC championship last week. Four championships for Craig Skinner. Four straight SEC yeah. titles. I mean, that's crazy.
0: Four straight is hard to – I didn't realize there had been that many.
1: So they'll, they are waiting to get started for the NCAA tournament, but that that's really kind of all the news right now, isn't it? There's not a ton that's really happening with recruiting. Uh, I mean, Kentucky football, obviously Travion Longmire committed on Friday, had him on this show, uh, but not a ton of spring practice. I don't think we'll speak with Mark Stoops at all this week. Right. I think
0: he's on Wednesday. Okay. So they
1: moved it to Wednesday.
0: Yeah. Nothing on next Saturday, which is better.
1: Yeah. (laughs) in My opinion. But,
0: uh, yeah, pro day is coming up. That that, you know, maybe we could look into getting a draft guy on here, yeah, or something like that. I know I'm sure they are incredibly busy, but I know Josh Edwards. I work with us some scouting, so maybe we could have him come on. He was on for the uh, signing day show back in December. Uh, I do want to say one last thing on baseball. Uh, a really good story I think is Colton Kessler, a senior catcher. I tweeted about his stats yesterday. It's pretty ridiculous what he's doing, but this is a guy who, well, I mean, Alonzo Rubikabal was was starting all season until he had an injured thumb. And Kessler has been their best hitter in the SEC through six games. So they have a deep lineup. That's that's one thing I would say. I think Nick Mangione is playing the, I guess you could say nine. There's a DH in college baseball. But positionally, the guys who are out in the field, I think those are the eight best offensive guys he could have out there right now. They do have to sacrifice a little bit defensively because of that. I mean, you have a guy in Austin Schultz who was an infielder his first two years, now playing center field a position he's never played in college. Araja putting it nicely, is a (laughs) below-average defender in left field. And then even John Rhodes. I mean, John Rhodes started his UK career as an infielder, but now he's out in right field. He's doing a good job. But they've shuffled some guys around to get the most potent offense that they can, and I think that's paying off so far. The starting pitching has been good. Cole Stupp has has been, as a Friday night guy, has been very solid. Uh, And then Mason Hazelwood and Zach Lee have done fine as well. So I do, I do have some questions with the bullpen. That's clearly been a bit of an issue this season. But I guess the overall theme, I would say, Sean, is they have put themselves in a spot already where if they can just win a few more series and if they can just avoid sweeps from some of these top-tier SEC teams, they'll be sitting in a pretty good spot to make it to Hoover to play in that SEC tournament, which for Kentucky's program is really no small feat, to be totally honest. I know everybody wants you know, wants, wants the baseball program to be good. I think it can be good. It probably even should be good but historically it has not been good. And I think it would be a baby step for sure this year in MNGN's fifth year to show that things are being turned around a little bit, if they can just make it to Hoover. And it's
1: part of deal. that is,
0: yeah, part of that's taking care of business against the teams you should beat. And that's what they've done the last two weekends.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a big deal. Um, definitely a program that needed to have a good season or at least show improvement is what you wanted to see. Uh, and they're certainly doing that right now. And, uh, Maybe Derek will have uh, baseball to talk about as we go throughout the spring and and some things like that. But uh, everything's quiet on every other front. The women's basketball team obviously got eliminated. I, that is something we didn't even talk about last week, but pretty disappointing considering the talent that they had, Derek. And when you have arguably the best player in college basketball or probably top four for sure, and to get beat like that in the second round, it, Definitely doesn't go down as a season to remember for Kyrie Elsie's first year.
0: No, she was in an interesting spot, uh, and I, again, I'm not a women's college basketball expert, but you know, I, I watched a lot of their games this year. I would say well over eighty percent of their games I watched, just because they you know played out of time. in Kentucky basketball didn't men's basketball that is, and um, it's it's weird to evaluate because she got promoted so late, of course, and then she had the. Uh, had to deal with everybody else had to deal with the pandemic and for her first year, but on the surface they had a very talented team. I mean, on paper they might have had a top 15 team in the roster, or in sorry, in the country. Yeah. And to come up the way they did, to really just get kind of destroyed their last game. Caitlin, I mean, in Iowa had Caitlin Clark is she was hitting shots. Sean, I couldn't believe some of the things she was putting up that was going down. And she was obviously one of the best freshmen in the country, a very highly rated recruit, and she showed why. I would say what I was most disappointed with from watching them play, though, is I guess effort, which is really weird to say when you watch a college team. I just felt like there were times they just didn't really play all that hard. And uh, there were other things, too, that I thought were a little bit disappointing. But, again, what uh, you as a coach, I mean, there there has to be a different dynamic, though, right? When all these uh, women knew Kyra Elsie as an assistant before becoming a head coach. I just wonder two or three years from now when she has people around her who did not know her as that kind of assistant coach role. Like, I just like, um, uh, can you see like a shift in mentality that way? Cause I could see like, cause at least how it was not a I played sports. Like the assistants were like, you know, like the cool guys you could go talk to, you know? And the coach yeah. was, the head coach was, you know, kind of more of the, it
1: doesn't have
0: to be this way for everybody. Just in my experience, it, you know, the head coach was a little less of that role. So I, I kind of feel like perhaps Kyra was that way for some players. And then when you become the head coach, like you have to be different than you are as an you assistant.
1: Yeah, you do. Yeah, it was an adjustment. I think it was an adjustment for the players. Uh, I don't think the players, when the season started, ever expected that Matthew Mitchell wouldn't be their coach
0: Yeah.
1: when everything went down. But the thing I think that concerns me the most is, like you said, the effort. But there were a lot of times I watched and there was no effort from certain people. And and that becomes more of a, I think that almost falls on coaching, than it does on the player. If it happens a couple of times, it's on the player. But if it happens for the course of a season, then you're not pushing the right buttons. So, but I mean, obviously, it's it's not an awful, it's not wasn't an awful year. I mean, they they won some big games. They had some big moments. They ran into, to me, a star. I mean, that that she can play. I mean, she. Yeah. Dude, she yeah. was very she was very good i i had never watched her play until that game and she was incredible a freshman yeah yeah very very good kind of just uh, had her way with anything kentucky i mean they she they couldn't do anything to stop her it didn't matter the game plan was surrounded around her it didn't matter but uh we'll see what happens with that obviously that's a program that is recruited very well too they've benefited from the transfer portal before the men's team really has i mean the men's team you'll see uh, hopefully for John Calipari, he gets the kind of same instant impact that the women's team did from the portal because that's what they're looking for, Derek. But right now, not a ton to talk about, but we just wanted to hop on here and just kind of give a little bit of update, talk about Jacob Toppin, putting that on Instagram yesterday, just talking about the what-ifs. Uh, we've been talking about what-if for two and a half weeks, probably longer than that. But I guess <laughs> I'll ask you this. Do we get a decision from Keon or Davion Mintz this week? Do you think it goes another week? Something has to fall, right? I mean, you got a roster that's trying to be constructed.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would think you – I mean, I don't know. It's just territory, like I said, we've not been in. I, I wish I had a better idea of who UK wanted or what they were waiting on to – because I just can't imagine a scenario where Mintz and Brooks wouldn't be welcome back. So it kind of feels like the ball's in their court. And so I don't really know what the holdup would be for, for either of those guys, but – I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no in hopes that I jinx it and that there is something.
1: <laughs> maybe so I'll we, say no, nothing happens this week. Maybe we need them to do an Instagram question and answer. So then we can ask them specifically, Are you coming back? Right. I mean do you is have that. That's well, been the you, thing.
0: When do guys typically come back for for the summer? I mean, obviously the the school semester is still going, but you know you can do that anywhere these days, virtually.
1: That, and that's what so, changes it, right? Because you don't see guys on campus, you don't get the you know the full effect. Like you don't get to see them, or you're, there's not they're not active on social media. I know Keon's been working out. I saw something where his dad put something up on Facebook last week, but it, I don't think. For it was everybody,
0: I mean, how long is everybody going to be home? I mean, do we know when they're going to be coming? coming back
1: i have nothing (laughs) i I literally have nothing i know that's not what you're not what anybody's looking for when it comes from a a uk reporter or anything but right now i I don't think anyone knows what's going on it has been so quiet like so quiet at some point you know it's like a storm right where it gets really quiet before the storm hits maybe this is the quiet period and then we're just going to get absolutely blitzed with just a bunch of news here Once one thing happens, it's just going to be domino after domino after domino falling.
0: Well, it is Monday today. It's early in the week. Typically, you know, you get news out early and people can talk about it all week. And I think for our sake, whenever something comes out, we'll probably spend a lot of time (laughs) discussing that. And uh, today, uh, like Sean said, we we haven't got a ton. But I hope somebody does something this week one way or the other. Let's look, uh, when did Davion Mintz commit to them
1: last year? It was April, right?
0: Yeah, and this was kind of out of nowhere, right? Like it, it happened, was. and then two days later?
1: I heard We heard about it the day before, the night before I think it happened.
0: April 10th yep. is when he committed. So not too much longer from today, and that was something that happened quick. So I'm hoping for news.
1: I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. I think we all are. I know the listeners of Kentucky Daily are, but we want to get on here and just make sure that we got an episode out to you just discussing some things, uh, just little things, much of the same. Uh, stick with us because at some point we will have news and we will be sure to talk all about it. If anything happens, we'll get it out there to you as well. So just uh, buckle up, stay locked in, and we'll see what happens throughout Monday evening and into Tuesday. Uh, but this has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time.